0: This is Voicemail, the Universal Postal Union's podcast covering the wonderful world of mail. I'm your host, Ian Kerr. Road safety is crucial to postal organisations. And our guest in this episode is going to tell us all about global initiatives to improve safety on the road. Anika Henry, head of the UN Road Safety Fund Secretariat, joins me in a moment to discuss how the UN RSF is working to improve road safety around the world. And we also discussed just how posts can get involved in this as well. Nika Henry. Great to have you with us. The question we ask all of our guests is, what's your first memory of the post?
1: Hello, happy new year to you, Ian, and to all the listeners. It's a pleasure for the UN Road Safety Fund to, to be on the podcast with you today. My first memory of the post uh, was many years ago. I was about six or seven, or perhaps a little bit older than that, getting a letter from my from my dad. Who um, at that time was living uh, and working in the Cayman Islands, and while we were in Jamaica, so it was really exciting to have this letter coming through the post, um, the post box. We had to go to the central post box to, to collect our mail, um, and having a letter addressed to me with a, a special uh, special messages for my dad, it was great.
0: Now, Anika, the UN Road Safety Fund is a relatively new organisation in the UN system. What exactly does the UN RSF's mandate involve and, and what's your role within it?
1: Well, yes, the, the UN Road Safety Fund was established um, just in 2018, so a little over four years ago. And it was set up to essentially help to address the underinvestment in road safety. Uh, today, we're looking at uh, a requirement of about 700 million um, every year at the, the local uh, municipal and, and national levels and global levels. Um, and, and we're far from that. Um, and so what we've been doing at the fund um, is really looking at how do we um, you know, finance and also leverage additional financing for, for high impact projects. We have a mandate to support governments to unlock their domestic finance. So looking at increasing country budgets um, that, that are dedicated to road safety initiatives. We're also having a mandate to align with SDG financing. So this is more looking at how do we help to divert some of the private capital that exists today towards supporting road safety and other SDGs. Um, and then finally, we have a direct uh, mandate to, to to go in and fund projects in, in, in developing countries. And right now we're supporting uh, 46 countries through 30, 36 projects.
0: The global road safety community has just started working on the second decade of action for road safety, this is 2021 to 2030. So why was there a need to launch a second decade and what's the state of progress regarding these uh, global targets?
1: I would say the first decade of action, which may be best described as setting the stage, I would say. Uh, From that first decade, we had the first Special Envoy for Road Safety set up. We had two Sustainable Development Goals actually have targets that explicitly talk about the importance of road safety. Um, The fund, the UN Road Safety Fund, was also set up within that that decade towards the end of the first decade in 2018. Uh, And so very much setting the scene. And um, now I think the second decade is really about putting that action in the decade of action. So how do we, 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 we go about now to to mobilise um, this investment that we need in, in, in road safety and taking the the necessary actions to to improve on road safety performance.
0: And of course, road safety is a hugely important issue for postal operators, since so much of our workforce is on the road. One of my questions definitely has to be then, what's the main cause of road traffic fatalities around the world, and and how then can the UN Road Safety Fund work to address it?
1: Great question, Ian. It's a very uh, complex response in a way because every country and every culture will have a different response to what the main causes of the road traffic accidents and fatalities are. But I, I think it's safe to say that top of the list, um, especially for low and middle income countries where this is a, really a challenge, 93% of road traffic fatalities are happening in low and middle income countries. There we see a lot of issues around poor enforcement of traffic rules uh, related to speed, you know, related to the use of seat belts and, and wearing helmets and child restraints. But we also see um, that there's a huge issue uh, and challenge around the post-crash care area of work, which is basically looking at the golden hour, that first hour after crash, which can really determine whether or not you live or or die. It also determines the severity of your injuries. But post-crash care also goes until months and years after the crash occurs. So looking at rehabilitation systems, how is the healthcare system set up uh, and so forth. Of course, we have other issues like unsafe vehicles, particularly used vehicles, um, and issues around poor road, road design and poor infrastructure. So there, there are a myriad of reasons, and depending on where you are, they will vary in, in importance.
0: What are the main challenges relating to mobilising the necessary funds? As you mentioned earlier about sourcing the funding and allocating the funding, how, what are those challenges um, in mobilising funds to advance road safety globally?
1: It's really an issue. I think there there are many issues here as well. Visibility is one of them. Um, even though road crashes um, and road crash injuries is the leading cause of death for children above five years old, I don't think that resonates with many people. They don't understand really how, how grave the situation is. Also, when you talk about 1.35 million people perishing on the roads, every single year and then another 50 million plus suffering life-changing injuries. I mean, those numbers, um, they really hit people for the first time when they hear this. And so I think visibility around the issue is one thing, but then also really um, allowing people to engage on it is another. How do you tackle such a grave, you know, grave issue? And it's not an easy solve, but I believe that if we can you know, get, get a better engagement in terms of prioritizing road safety in policy agendas in the governments, but also increasing the investment and then them taking the action. Um, these are some of the challenges that we're facing around, around the mobilization of, of funds, but definitely starting with visibility and awareness raising.
0: So how then does the level of socioeconomic development influence road safety and the related projects in the various regions?
1: Well, as as I mentioned, um, more than 90% of road traffic fatalities are occurring in low and middle income countries. And um, when you look at uh, areas such as the African region, uh, the road traffic injury death rates are are the highest there. And they're lowest in in the European region. When you look at um, road traffic um, uh, fatality rates... You have somewhere between five to seven people dying in Europe per 100,000 population. But then when you look in Africa, we're looking at uh, up to sometimes even 37 to 40 um, per 100,000. So the gap is huge um, when you talk about things like closing the gap. It's a huge gap to close. Um, And even within high-income countries, it's really the people from the lower socioeconomic backgrounds that you see suffering or more more involved in, in road traffic crashes. And I think here the issue is reflective of what it means to be in a lower, you know, economic situation. It's a poverty issue, this this challenge of road safety. Um, Because when you talk about poor communities or poor countries, you then see that there's poor road infrastructure. You know, there isn't enough sidewalks, there aren't enough crosswalks, streetlights, um, road signage. You also see, as I I spoke about post-crash care, you also see that the health systems are quite weak, the infrastructure there. So the ambulances, um, the system is not in place. The trauma centres are not um, up, to, up to international standards and so forth. So it's really a poverty issue, um, this whole uh, debate around improving road safety.
0: So then let's talk about partnerships. So who are some of your major partners within and even outside the UN system helping you advance your mandate?
1: Well, thankfully, um, we have a, a I would say a very diverse uh, set of partners from from companies and their foundations to NGOs, research, academic institutions. We have got philanthropists uh, joining also in terms of uh, supporting the the fund financially. Of course, we've got 14 UN agencies which are participate. We call them participating organizations because they have taken an explicit commitment to support. Um, road safety initiatives in the work that they're doing in in, in collaboration with the governments. And of course, the governments are a huge part of of the work that we're doing because we are all about supporting their ongoing um, plans and efforts to improve road safety.
0: As we mentioned earlier, the posts around the world are major road users, whether it's through trucks, vans, motorbikes, or even, I suppose, delivering mail on foot. You mentioned the lack of footpaths or sidewalks as being an influencing factor in road safety. Anyway, what I'm getting at here is that the U4U is a, a member of the UN Road Safety Working Group and is included in the UN Road Safety Strategy. So how do you think the postal sector can contribute to making roads safer around the world? That's
1: a great question, and there's a lot that um, UPU and the members of the UPU um, network can can support um, this issue of road safety. First and foremost, on advocacy, the reach that you have is massive. Um, you literally uh, have a captive audience with uh, with the households that you're um, sup- that you're supporting through postal services. So advocacy is is one great way that um, you know through a leaflet, through communications on websites, we can make a, a difference. Also, I think um, there's something to be said about exchange of best practices. I was pleased to to see, um, you know, that the Royal Mail, for example, they, they and many other uh, postal services, you know, they're considered to be driving for better business champions. And Royal Mail with a fleet of, you know, 33,000 vehicles, 28,000 bicycles, 90,000 drivers, 605 million miles. Um, 27 million locations. The point is the reach of just one postal services uh, group is vast. They have done a number of initiatives to improve the, the road safety uh, fleet that they have, looking at driver risk assessment, you know, vehicle telemetry, uh, and uh, various other initiatives to improve the safety of their drivers and their fleet. And I think it's important that when something is working well um, for one postal service group, to also maybe share the, the the best practices with others, particularly um, postal services in low and middle income countries. Not everything will be transferable, but there is certainly some lessons that we can take around how to improve the safety not only for the postal service uh, workers, but also for the people around them, the pedestrians and the cyclists who are also using the roads um, as well. I think maybe it's important, uh, Ian, to, to also mention that um, you know talking about the fund being set up to address underinvestment in road safety. That there could also be an opportunity um, for the postal services to to also work on on the issue of of um, investing in road safety. M- increasingly, um, you know, there are postal services that are also um, undertaking financial services, payments and money transfers and and savings and and banking uh, services. And I think here we could um, we could we could explore um, partnerships with postal services in terms of. How do we set up, you know, financing mechanisms that we can, you know, we can we can see contributions going to road safety, similar to what we see with the airport level levy, for example, with Gavi Alliance, where with every ticket that's purchased, you know, there's a small deduction taken and that's put into a fund, which Gavi Alliance is using to support initiatives on AIDS and and, and other diseases. So we could look at something similar as well for postal services, where we we put aside uh, micro donations um, from financial services that can go towards road safety.
0: You now, you've just mentioned Royal Mail in the UK. Now, I understand that the, that you've launched a collaboration with Royal Mail. Can you tell us a bit more about what that involves?
1: Yes. Uh, so, in December, the fund launched um, what we call an offline fundraising campaign. It was a, a door drop uh, fundraising campaign where leaflets were distributed through Royal Mail Postal Services to over 130,000 households in London and as I mentioned, the challenge that we have is, is one around visibility as well. And so this campaign helped us to convey important information around the road safety challenge, not only in London and, and the UK, but also across the world, um, and inviting households to make financial contributions. So we've just um, concluded the DoorDrop uh, campaign, and now we're we're assessing to see how successful that um, fundraising campaign has been.
0: And Nikki, you've just mentioned the... The project with the Royal Mail. And earlier you mentioned you know, how there might be ways to help raise funds for road safety initiatives. So do you, ha- do you have any other ideas about how other ways that postal services could lend their supports to road safety financing?
1: As I mentioned, advocacy, exchange of best practices, and also collaborating on innovative financing mechanisms, I think are three key areas that we could explore postal services to to help with the global road safety uh, challenge.
0: Anika, let's look forward now to what's happening in terms of innovation in the transport world. We've got advances happening in things like autonomous trucks, Uh, Postal delivery companies are trialing autonomous delivery vehicles. Uh, What does this mean then for road safety? Can we be optimistic about this? Could it improve road safety? Or should we be cautious about the potential impacts on road safety?
1: The honest answer is that there are pros and there are cons to exploring um, the EVs and the drones and, and, and other innovations recently uh, and, and not so recently we have countries like the United States but also closer to home we, we see France uh, they're piloting the use of drones um, in very specific circumstances um, particularly trying to escalate mountains where it might be quite dangerous for postal workers to, to access uh, in, in icy roads and, and bad weather conditions so I think there is a, a space uh, already for us to to explore the use of these uh, these these innovations. But of course, I am also aware that there are uh, some studies out there which are showing that they're not necessarily safer on the roads when you think about um, the the mainstream work of of the postal services, uh, including not only the safety of of the roads, but the safety of the information being transferred. Um, So where do the drones drop them off and how is that accessed? Uh, So I think there's quite a way for us to go in terms of really exploiting this. But um, as I mentioned, there's already some, um, some specific circumstances where it seems to be adding value to road safety. And so definitely would want to encourage that further.
0: Let's finally talk about the moments to live for social media campaigns highlighting the impact of unsafe roads on children. So, so why focus on children? What can each of us do to protect them from traffic-related dangers?
1: Well, why focus on children? I think the, the clear answer, as I mentioned before, is road road traffic injuries are the leading cause uh, of death for children above five and, and for young people below 29. When you talk about vulnerable road users, you, you can't get any more vulnerable than our children. So I think it's important that we, we highlight this particular uh, set of road users who are particularly vulnerable, but not just highlighting what the challenge is, but I think it's important through our campaign and through our partnerships that we highlight that there are solutions that are working. It's not impossible to meet uh, this ambition of of Vision Zero where where we have zero road road fatalities. There are things like putting up road signage. There are things like um, managing the speed in school zones, uh, making sure that there are crosswalks available for the kids to use. Um, There are various road infrastructure uh, designs that can be implemented. So there are a number of solutions that have worked over many cities, over many countries. And we want to highlight that, you know, through investing in road safety, we can actually implement these so that we can keep uh, children safer on the roads.
0: Well, Nika, that's a really somehow sobering discussion of road safety but as we've mentioned a couple of times during this interview as major users of the roads and as organizations that have daily contact with the population postal operators can indeed play a role in improving road safety anika henry head of the un road safety fund Secretariat, thank you very much for joining us on the upu voicemail podcast today thank you ian You've been listening to Voicemail, the official podcast of the Universal Postal Union. Subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platform and you'll get each episode downloaded to the device of your choosing as it's released. My thanks to the team at the UPU for their help putting together this episode. I'm your host, Ian Kerr, and i look forward to your company next time on Voicemail, the podcast of the UPU.